0: بسم الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين تبعهم ما بعد الله من الشيطان الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم الحمد لله it's a great blessing of Allah subhanahu wa taala that we are still in a blessed month of Shahrul Haram the last month of the Islamic calendar Zul Hijjah and this uh, blessed month is a month of sacrifice it's a month of dhikr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fi ayam remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the specific and the known and the numbered days so the ulama mentioned those al ma'adudat or the ayyam al tashtiq we're still in the Ayam al-Tashriq. And the Ayyam al-Tashriq are those days where Allah, Allah has commanded us to remember him. And he said that, remember me on these days, right? And in one hadith narrated in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, لا تصوموا في هذه do Don't fast on these days. فإنها أيام وشرب وذكر الله عز Because these days are the days of eating, drinking, and the remembrance of Allah Azza wa and the ajib question that comes about is that when Qurbani is an act of ibadah and Eid is an act of ibadah and prayer is an act of ibadah and all these different acts of worship, why do you still make zikr? We just did zikr. Why do you continue to make zikr? So it mentions a very beautiful thing, Ibn Rajab Hanbali He mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made dhikr something which is continuous. Every ibadah, it comes to an end. Salah, it's an ibadah, you pray it, it comes to an end until the next uh, salat that comes. So from one salat to another salat, there's no more prayer. There's no more ibadah. Hajj, it comes to an end. Qurbani comes to an end. Fasting comes to an end. You do it and it comes to an end. But dhikr is something that it is mustamir. It is non-stop. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, فَإِذَا that when you are done with your prayer, then remember Allah sitting, standing, and on your sides. Allah is telling us that once you perform your prayer, continue to make as kid of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sitting, standing, and on your sides. In Surah al-Jumu'ah, Allah Taala says, "فَإِذَا قُضِيَتِ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ اللَّهِ كَثِيرًا And when the prayer of uh, of uh, uh, Jum'a, it's over. Intashiru fil ard go and disperse in the land. Wabtagu min fadlillah and earn your living. Seek the grace of Allah Ta'ala means earn your living. Wadhkurullah kathiran and remember Allah abundantly تفلحون, so that you may be successful. In another verse Allah Ta'ala says "Fa'ida idha faraghta fansab. Fa idha faraghta yani ay min al-ibadati fansab ila dhikrillah wad-du'a. That when you're done with your ibadah, and you're done with your fard worship, then continue to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, something which is very, very important for us to understand it. What is the dhikr of Allah ta'ala? My Shaykh, Hazrat Maulana Shah Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Rahmatullahi Alayhi, he mentioned such a beautiful thing. He says that there's two types of dhikr. Dhikr-i-Muthbat, dhikr manfi Positive dhikr, negative dhikr. And my Shaykh mentioned so beautifully, he said that, Just like a light, it has positive wire, negative wire, electric, any bulb, any uh, uh, electric wire, anything that it has power in it, it has a negative and a positive wire. And if you are missing anything, if you're missing either the positive or you're missing the negative, what happens? Then there's no light. Like you have batteries, right? You have the positive side, the negative side. You have to put one this way, you have to put one the other way. That's the positive and the negative. And when you have both of them, then it gives the light, It gives the, the, the current runs when you have both of them, the positive and the negative. So my Sheikh said, Zikr also is positive and negative. You have to have the positive Zikr and you have the negative Zikr. And if you don't have both currents running, then the light of Allah will not go inside the heart. The bulb will not turn on. You have to have the positive and you have to have the negative. What's the positive? The positive is the doing. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa ilaha illallah, five daily prayers, fasting, roza, sadaqa, umrah, hajj. These are the positive wires, the doing aspect. All those dhikrs and all those acts of worship and all those righteous deeds, which is the doing. But the negative dhikr, this is also a dhikr. It's negative. What is it? It's salbi. Which means that not doing, not making khibat. Not breaking the rights of someone, not doing zulm to someone, not disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not listening to ghibat, not looking at things that are haram, not watching things that are haram. This is the negative zikr. And my Shaykh rahmatullah so beautifully, he said that without the negative zikr, everybody knows positive zikr is very easy, positive zikr is very, very easy. But the negative zikr, a lot of people are unmindful of this. The negative zikr, a lot of people are mind, mind, unmindful. And it is because of that that the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not become ignited inside the heart. It's because of that negative zikr, there's, there's something which is missing. You have the positive, but you don't have the negative. A lot of people ask that, Shaykh, I've been making ibadah and I've been worshipping Allah and I've been doing so much good deeds and I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm doing zikr and I'm doing nafal, but it's just I don't feel the nur of Allah in my heart. So what's the answer to that? right? You send the electrician. You send the spiritual electrician, and the spiritual electrician says that the negative wire is missing. So all you have to do is add the negative wire. Now you have the positive wire, and you have the negative wire. So my Shaykh, Rahmatullah, he used to make a lot of fikir, and used to make a lot of concern, and used to have a lot of uh, 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 emphasis on negative dhikr. You have the positive dhikr, which is doing the good deeds. You have the negative zikr which is staying away from those deeds, which displeases Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. When both of these wires are there, then the light bulb of the nur, of love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, will become enlightened inside of the heart. So, from amongst, from amongst those uh, things which have to be mentioned, and which is appropriate to be mentioned, is the hukuk. Hukuk, I would say, is part of the negative. What I mean from the negative. That knowing your hukuk saves you from doing those things which displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Currently, in the majlis, we are reading al Islam by Hakimul Ummat Mujadidul Millat Mawana Shafali Tanvirahmulalay because a lot of times we make zikr and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very good. Our relationship with our creator is very good, but there is a specific aspect. Of the relationship of Allah, which is messing a lot of us up. And what a lot of people don't understand is in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala, your relationship with Allah is affected by your relationship with the creation of Allah. Again, I'm gonna say this, everybody listen to this and understand this. Your relationship with Allah is affected, is directly affected by your relationship with the creation of Allah. Again, I will say it, that your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is directly connected with your relationship with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the verses of the Quran are many in this regard. The verses of the Quran and the Ahadith of Rasul sallallahu are many in regards to this. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta mentions, Inna Allah ya'murukum an tu'addu amanati ila ahliha. Wa idha hakamtum bayna al nasi an tahkumu bil adl. That indeed Allah Ta'ala commands you. Allah Ta'ala commands you, Inna Allah ya'murukum an tu'addu l-amanati ila ahliha. Allah commands you that you fulfill the rights and the trusts of the people to who they are belonging to. So from this we understand, that there are certain trusts, there are certain rights, there are certain responsibilities, there are certain things that people in this in this creation they deserve. And Allah has commanded you to fulfill those trusts that belong to the people, give them to the people. An example of this ayat was when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi entered Fathi Makkah in the conquest of Makkah and he overtook Makkah. The key of the Kaaba. Belonged to a specific family And that family Had the key and it was passed down From generation to generation And when the Prophet Sallallahu Conquered Makkah Mukarramah Because he was the Fatih, He was the conqueror He was the one who took automatically The key of the Kaaba It went to Muhammad Sallallahu Wa Wasallam And I want to go back Ten years Let's go back from the time of Fatih to when the Prophet Sallallahu was in Makkah before he was sent out, before he was expelled from Makkah Mukarramah. The Prophet one day was entering inside of the Kaaba because he was going in the house of Allah. And everybody was going and the person who was the key keeper, he would look at everybody and let people go in. As soon as the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Wasallam came, he said, wait a minute, where do you, where do you think you're going? Where do you think you're going? I'm going in the house of Allah. He said, no, you're not going nowhere. You're not going anywhere. You curse our idols. You create tension and opposition in our tribe. And you think I'm going to let you go inside the Kaaba? So the Prophet said one thing to him. He mentioned his name. He said, oh, so and so, what will happen on that day When the tables will be turned and you will be in my position and I will be in your position. Ha! That day will come, we'll see and ten years passed. The key of the Kaaba came in the hand of the Prophet From the hand of that man it was taken and it was put in the hand of the Prophet And when the Prophet had the key he said go call that man Go call, the, oh, go call the, the keeper of the key of the Kaaba. When he was called, the Prophet said, he said, Allah Ta'ala has commanded me that I submit the amana and the trust of everyone to, to who it belongs to. This is your trust, and Allah has commanded me that I have to give this to you. Allah has commanded me as soon as that person said that tears flowed from his eyes and he said ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu annaka rasulullah he says i bear witness that there's no one worthy of worship but allah and i bear witness that o oh, muhammad truly you are the messenger of allah such a deen that i had done that to you how i had humiliated you i cannot forget that day and i know you don't forget that day it was just me and you that day and now i know that that allah that has commanded that the trusts be take, given back to those who are in charge of those trusts. Now I know that this religion is a true religion and I accept this, that this deen is haq. This is inna Allah an amanati ila ahliha. Allah has commanded you that you fulfill and give the trusts to where they belong. This is what our deen has commanded us. That no matter how much you hate somebody, no matter how much somebody has wronged you, no matter how many ha- somebody has done injustice to you, in another verse of Allah Taala, in another verse of the Quran, Allah Taala mentions, "Wala yajri mannakum shana'anu qawmin, ala ala ta'adilu, i'adilu." Here, aqrobu li'taqwa. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wala yajri mannakum shana'anu qawmin, ala ala ta'adilu," and let it not incite you, the enmity of a people that you should not do justice to them despite your enmity with them don't let it be that just because there's certain people that you have enmity with that you should not still be just with them i'dilu be just it is more closer to taqwa what is taqwa doing adl doing adl being fair even if it might be with your enemies being just even if it might be to the one that has wronged you and what is the verse where it says walau kanu li qurbah Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions wala yujrimannakum shana'an wa qauman anybody huffaz can you read from there? wala yujrimannakum shana'an wa qauman ala an la ta'dilu ala an la ta'dilu yu'dilu atraqab huwa aqrabu taqwa after that So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's okay. What Allah Ta'ala is trying to say, what Allah Ta'ala is trying to say is that this is the closest thing to taqwa. Right? When we say taqwa, taqwa is the connection with Allah. Taqwa is a maqam with Allah. And what is Allah Ta'ala says, what is the reality of taqwa? The reality of taqwa is somebody has wronged you. Despite the wrong that he has done with you, you do not oppress him in regards to his rights if it might be your wife she has not fulfilled your rights that doesn't mean you should not be fulfilling your rights if it's your husband he has not fulfilled your rights it doesn't mean that you should not fulfill your rights your mother or father well they didn't teach me Islam but now you know Islam now you know Islam now you know Deen well they didn't teach me well but now you know they didn't raise me properly, but now you know. Despite the fact that they had wronged you, you do not wrong anybody else. So, the point being is, Allah Ta'ala in many, many verses has mentioned this. إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِيْتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَىٰ وَيَنَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغِيِ يَعِذُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ This is the most jami' verse of the Qur'an according to Ibn Abbas Ibn Abbas Allah mentions the most comprehensive verse of the Quran is this verse: Inna yamuru biladli wa Indeed, Allah commands adl. Allah commands that you be just in everything that you do. Wal ihsan and that you do good. Wa qurba, and that you give to your relatives and fulfill their rights. Wa and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala ينها, He forbids and shamelessness. shamelessness and sins and oppression. Allah is advising and admonishing you that you take heed. So the ibadah that we do, and the worship that we do, and the dhikr that we do, and the majalis that you come to, all of this is supposed to create a nur inside of your heart. And where do you spend that nur? And where do you spread that nur? You get the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in solitude, in the masjid, in dhikr, in ibadah. And then where do you spread that nur? And where do you spend that nur? Allah ta'ala says, right? That, وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُ نُورًا يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي النَّاسِ That you take that nur and you spread that light amongst the people. What is that nur? The nur of ibadah. The nur of zikr. The nur of tahajjud. And what do we do? When we make zikr, shut up, don't talk to me. I just made 5,000 zikrs. You don't know how much tahajjud I've been praying. Be quiet, I'm fasting. MashaAllah, wonderful. Wonderful. Your ibadah, your taqwa, mubarak for you. That you, that ibadah and that taqwa and that zikr and that tahajjud has deprived you of mercy, has deprived you of ihsan, has deprived you of adl, has deprived you of humanity and insaniyat, has deprived you of taqwa, has deprived you of kindness, has deprived you of sympathy. Mubarak for that worship. Mubarak of that zikr. Mubarak of that tahajjud. That's useless tahajjud. Useless dhikr. Useless nafil Useless sadaqah. Useless. Useless. You understand? No use. Allah says, لَهُ نُورًا From His ibadah, we, we rendered for Him, we created for Him a nur. With that noor, what does He do? يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي الناس. He takes that nur and He spreads that nur. How does He spread that nur? By spreading that kindness amongst people. The Prophet ﷺ wasallam. In his first bayan when he came to Madinah Munawwara, what did he tell the, uh, the Sahaba? The first bayan that was given in Madina Munawwara, O Sahaba, make a lot of zikr. O Sahaba, pray a lot of tahajjud. O Sahaba, make bara tasbih. O Sahaba, be muftis and ulama and hufaz and read and study, study hard. He says, Afshu Salam, spread the peace. Wa at'imu ta'am, feed the people. الارحام, and join your family ties. Pray in the night when people are sleeping. People don't need your prayer. When you're gonna pray, don't pray in front of people. Woe upon the people who pray. hum an salatihim sahoon. Who are unmindful really of their prayer. They're actually thinking about something else. They want to get a maqam. They want to feel good. They want to feel spiritual. Their concern is not to get close to Allah. Because if your concern is to get close to Allah, why are you not humbling yourself to the creation of Allah? Let me ask you a question. If somebody loves me very much, if somebody loves me very much, he said, Shaykh, I want to make your khidmat. I said, okay, come over. And then my son comes to the door. and said, Hey, but... Get oh, Shaykh, I love you very much. I just saw this rascal right here and I just wanted to, you know, slap him one time in the face. But I saw you, masha Salaamu alaykum. I love you, but I hate your son. What the <laughs> You love somebody, but you hate the children of that person. You're making khidmat of somebody, but you're slapping his children. Right? You're giving to that somebody, but you're taking away from his children. How will that person feel? Will you attain the muhabbat of that person? Will you attain the love of that person? So understand that every single creature on the face of this earth is the family of Allah. They are the children of Allah. Huh? How could you say children? It says in a hadith, Al-Khalqu Ayalullah. All of the creation of Allah, all of the creatures of Allah, they are the family of Allah. It's a hadith. Al-Khalqu Ayalullah. فأحب الخلق إلى الله أنفعهم so the most beloved of Allah's creation to Allah is the one who is most benef- beneficial to His creation. so from this we understand that if you want to attain the love of Allah you have to fulfill the حُكُوك، you have to be kind to the creation، you have to be kind to children، you have to be compassionate to children، you have to be merciful to the elders. You have to be humble to the shuyukh and the mashayikh. You have to show love and respect to every single Muslim. Rather even kuffar. It said al-khalqu iyalullah. It didn't say al-muslimuna iyalullah. It said al-khalq, which includes the animals. Which includes the kuffar. Which includes black, white, Chinese, male, female, child, and everything. Al-khalq. Iyalullah. They are the family of Allah. And the most beloved of Allah's creations to Allah is the one who is most beneficial to His creation. If you want to see, who is the person? Ibn Qayyim Jawziya says, He says, that the the, the, Al-Muhsinun, Mulukul akhirah Al-Muhsinun, Mulukul akhirah The people that do good to others, they are the kings of the Akhirah. There will be different levels in the Akhirah. There will be the Mutahajidun, they will be the mujahidoon. They will be the mutasaddiqoon. They will be the Mutahajidun, They will be the musalloon. They will be the, the, the sajidun and the abidoon and the sa'imun And the Zakirun. But Ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi qayyim mentions in Tariqul Hijratain wa Bab al-Sa'adatain in his book, he says that the people that will be kings in the akhirah, they will the people that had naf'ul muta'addi lil-khalq. The people that will be the kings of the Akhirah. They will be VIP. They will be in a very special zumra. They will be a very special Halaqah. They will be in a very special Jama'at. Close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will be the ones that used to benefit the creation the most. On the Day of Judgment, Allah will complain. On the Day of Judgment, Allah will complain. On the day of judgment, Allah will complain, and Allah Taala says, Oh, my slave, I became sick; you never visited me. He said, "Ya Rab a'uduka wa anta Rabb How can I visit you when you're the Lord of the world? You don't become sick. Don't you know that such a slave of mine became sick? And you did not visit him? He said, Wallahi, if you would have visited him, I swear that if you would have visited him, you would have found me there. I would have been there. You would have found me with him. This hadith is telling us, it is a hadith Qudsi, sahih hadith. It's not a joke hadith. This is a sahih hadith. It's not a fabrication. It's saying that this is where you find Allah. Allah will be found with the sick ones. Allah will be found with the suffering. Allah will be found with those that are afflicted. How many people have become sick that you visited them? What was the last time that you went to the hospital to visit the sick? What was the last time that your own mother became sick and you visited her and stood ob- above her head? Nowadays we are in such a condition that our own mother, our own father, our own brother, our own sister, our own colleague will become sick and we will not go above the, that person and... Make them feel like, brother, you're sick. How can I help you? How can I be of an assistance to you? How can I relieve your suffering? I feel for you. Please let me do something for you. I was at the at the Rayleigh's or the Safeway the other day and I was going past the um I was going past the um section. The you know, the card section, birthday card and uh, uh, anniversary card, and this card and that card, and it was a whole section. Get well. They had a get well section, and they had flowers there. Get well soon. And I was thinking, Subhanallah, that in this society, in this society, where you would imagine people are secular and people have no concern about, and people are too busy to visit each other it's an American society, but they have, they go out of their way of making get well cards, they go out of their way of making flowers and these type of things which is a gesture that you care about another human being. What has happened to us that we have become so far from deen that we don't understand that having care and concern and sympathy for another human being, this is part of our deen. This is all we understand. To grow the beard, wear hijab, pray in the masjid, and that's it. And I could be a lousy, I could be a foolish, I could be a disrespectful and unsympathetic fool, and I, mashallah, I'm a very pious person, why? Don't you know how much tahajjud I pray? Damn it. Don't you know how much zikr I do? Don't you know that I'm fasting right now? Don't bother me. Subhanallah. It is mentioned about Imam Abu Ayyub as He said, for 30 years I suffered from a migraine in my head, And he said, nobody knew about that suffering of mine. He said, half of my head. For 30 years, I had the suffering that half of my head would pain. He said, nobody from my family even knew about that. I did not let them know. I did not want to put them through their suffering. That is what dhikr does, that you don't want to cause the adna level of taklif to anyone. He said, for 30 years, I fasted without my family knowing and without the people in the marketplace knowing. He said, my family would give me the piece of bread and they would make my lunch for me, I would go outside to the market, I would take that from them, I would make my suhoor, I would take, they wouldn't know. I would take it from my daughter, I would go, I would give that sadaqah to, uh, 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 to a poor person and I would sit there and when the people would tell me, how come you're not eating? He said, I'm going to eat when I go home. My family thought I ate outside and the people think that I'm going to eat at home. For 30 years I passed and nobody knew that I was fasting. And if we fast... If I fast, it better be that China, Japan, Facebook, Twitter, everybody knows that I fasted today. If Facebook, Twitter, China, Japan, Korea does not know that I fasted today, Darulun Azadvil and Deoban and doesn't know that I fasted today, then my fasting is, is, not, is not complete. One of the shara'it is it has to be on Twitter. Part of the intention. Shurut. Shurut usihat al sawm so, respected brothers and sisters, this is a very important aspect of our, our spirituality, is the al ibad? This is a way of attaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is, which is unknown, which a lot of people do not give emphasis to, which a lot of people don't consider something which is important, they don't consider this as significant. But this is a jihad. To such an extent that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned, when young man came, he said, "Ya Rasul I want to go for jihad." He said, "Are your parents alive?" He said, "Yes, O Messenger of Allah, my parents are alive." He said, "Fafihi fajahid." In your parents, go and do your jihad. That is where your jihad is at. And why the Prophet sallam used the word jihad? Because sometimes it's very difficult. Pleasing the parents is difficult. Pleasing mother and father is difficult. They have a lot of expectations. They get angry quickly. They have a lot of various different types of... But understand that the Prophet said, hima fajahid." That is your jihad. That is how you will attain Allah. That is how you will attain Allah. Come out of this bubble. This bubble that you've created in your own mentality that attaining Allah is through tahajjud and it's through dhikr, and it's through ilm, and it's through prayers, and this is it. That's it fasting on some special days, and what do I do? I treat other people like how I feel like treating them. This is not the way that this deen works. This is not the way that the spirituality and the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. And the hadith continues. He said, Oh my slave, I was hungry and you did not feed me. He said, Oh Allah, how can I feed you and you're the Lord of the worlds? He said, don't you know such and such slave of mine was hungry? If you would have fed him, you would have found its reward with me. Oh, my slave, I was naked and you did not clothe me. Said, oh Allah, you are the Lord of the worlds. How can that be? He said, don't you know that such and such person, such and such slave of mine, he was shivering of the cold. If you would have clothed him, you would have found my reward there. From this hadith, it is clear that service of the creation Serving the creation is a means to the Creator. Serving the creation is one of the avenues of attaining the Creator. Understand this well, and put this on your checklist, put this in your wazifas, put this in your awrad. In this week, how many sick people did I visit? This week, how many janazas did I attend? This week, how did I go to the Qabristan and make Isala Sawab for all the people that have passed away there? This week, how did I fulfill the rights of my mother? This week, how did I fulfill the rights of my husband? This week, how did I fulfill the rights of my brothers and sisters? This week, how have I done to my neighbors? Did I say hi to them? Did I at least wave to them? Think about all of your surroundings. You are a creation that Allah puts you in this world. You are connected. With your family, you are connected with your neighbors, you are connected with your society, you are connected with your neighborhood, you are connected with your county, with your state, with your country, with your with your world. These are the people that you're connected. You're not a you're not a disconnected individual on the face of this earth. You're connected with people. And one person has a connection with another person, and every single person has an effect on another individual. Your iman. Remember that it is binding upon you to give da'wah in Allah. It is binding upon you to do da'wah. But a believer, how does he do da'wah? A believer does da'wah through akhlaq. A believer, his da'wah is through akhlaq. His da'wah is through the fulfillment of rights. His da'wah is to be kind. His dawa is to withhold his harm from other people. And Malala Tamiramplai says it is not sufficient that you don't harm people, but you must make the intention when you leave the home that I am not going to harm anyone today. It's not sufficient just to harm some, not harm somebody. When you leave it, you said, "Okay, I'm not going to bother nobody. No problem. I have no problem. I don't want to bother nobody." No, Hazrat Tamir said that's not sufficient. You have to make kastia adami ida. You have to make an intention that I am not going to hurt anybody or cause anybody any takleef that I've left my home. <laughs> a Muslim is the one who other people are safe from his tongue and hands. Nowadays, when you sit with a person, <laughs> He's going to make fun of my talking. He's going to make fun of my clothes. He's going to make fun of... Now when friends get together, the whole fun is how I'm going to make fun of somebody else. That's what the fun is about. That's what the, that's what the enjoyment is about. <laughs> that is what friendship is about. That how can I make this guy a joke? How can I make a mockery out of him? How can I ridicule him? And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, A true Muslim is the one that other people are safe from his tongue and hands. No matter how difficult it is for you, if you have a wife, that is your responsibility. That is your life now. You don't have any other life. That is your life now. If you have parents, they are your life. They are your responsibility. If you have asatas and Mashayikh, they are your responsibility. You are connected and each one of these people, they have and they enjoy rights upon you. And Dr. Abdul Hayd, he said, he said the believer, when he makes dhikr and he makes ibadah and he makes worships of Allah, Allah Ta'ala, then in the darkness of the night, he is building all of this nur in, the, in, the heart, in his heart. And then what does he do? He goes amongst mankind in the day and he spreads that nur throughout the creation, through his kindness through his taqwa, through his helping, through his sympathy. Somebody told me that, Shaykh, I'm a very careless person. I don't like people. And I'm very careless. And I'm very ruthless. And I'm only worrying about myself. I said, because you've been worrying about yourself. Worry about others and concern for others will come in your heart. Go visit the sick. And you will start losing that ruthlessness. Go and work for a soup kitchen one day. Go and make some sandwiches and give it to the poor people and you'll see how that ruthlessness will go away. Why you're so ruthless? Because you don't make khidmat. You have not made khidmat of anybody. You have not fulfilled the rights of anybody. When you make khidmat, when you serve, when you give charity, when you do all of these things, this creates that sympathy inside the heart. It takes out the ruthlessness. It takes out the selfishness believe me that if you are a selfish human being you are not close to Allah in any way if you are selfish ibadah will not get you to Allah if you are not fulfilling the rights of Allah the rights of the creation of Allah then your ibadah does not have that strength to get you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understand that do you guys are you listening to me or no if you if you are not fulfilling the rights of the creation, your ibadah and your zikr will not have that strength to push you to Allah. Do you understand that? Your your zikr and your dua and your ibadah becomes very weak. Why is the zikr and the ibadah of the Mashayikh so powerful? Why are their talks so powerful? Why are their zikr so powerful? Because they're in constant khidmat of the creation. That is why Allah puts power in the person's words. Allah puts power in the person's dua. Allah puts power in the person's dhikr because you're not worried about yourself all the time. How long are you going to be selfish? When are you going to come out of the selfish state to just be worrying about yourself? One of the sifat that Khadija radiallahu anha mentioned about the Prophet, what did she say? about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What was the character of the Prophet? What was the akhlaq of the Prophet even before prophethood? Does anybody know? When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came down from Hira, and he was shaking, and he said, Zammiluni, Zammiluni, cover me, cover me, I'm shaking. I'm terrified, I'm scared, I'm frightened, I'm shaking, I'm shocked, I'm in shock. Something, something bad has happened to me. What did Khadija kubra radiallahu anha say? Kalla wallahi la Allahu abada never by Allah oh oh prophet O muhammad O my husband never will Allah disgrace you why kalatasi rahim because number 1 you join the family ties you're always good to your family hadith and you never tell lies wa you carry the burden of other people إِنَّكَ لَتَسِلُ الرَّحِمْ وَتَسْتُقُ الْحَدِيثِ وَتَحْمِلُ الْكَلِّ You carry the burdens of others. وَتُعِينُ عَلَىٰ نَوَائِبِ الْحَقِّ And you hear and you help the people. تُعِينُ عَلَىٰ نَوَائِبِ الْحَقِّ يعني عَلَىٰ مَنْ أَصَابَهُ نَوَائِبُ الْحَقِّ And you help the people that are afflicted by the afflictions of Haqq, by the afflictions of the decree. وَتُعِينُ عَلَىٰ نَوَ Understand that this was the sifat of the Prophet before prophethood. If you want to attain the prophetic qualities, these are the four things. إِنَّكَ <inaudible> rahim. You join the family ties. وَتَسْتُقُ الْحَدِيثِ You don't lie. وَتَحْمِلُ الْكَلِّ You carry the burden of other people. You don't, even, you, you don't just do good for people. You carry the burdens of people. You don't do good for people. Doing good is, 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 is subhanAllah. Doing good is subhanAllah. Noorun ala noor. I'm talking about carrying the burden of other people. You have a debt, let me carry your debt. Do you ever want that? You wouldn't even want that for your enemy. That's what the Prophet Ali would do. You have a debt, give your debt to me. I'll carry your debt. You're carrying that burden, put it on my back. I'll carry it for you. That is a human being. He megan to make an insaniat. He needs to make an khuda. Shere khuda. Abul Hassan Kharqani, Rahmatullah Ali, Din Rumi, Rahmatullah alayhi, mentions that Abul Hassan Kharqani, he was a very great sheikh of his time. Very great sheikh. He was the sheikh of Khaja Abdullah Ansari. And they say that there was a Murid that saw him in a dream. And then he was crying to Allah, Oh Allah, show me the greatest shaykh of this time. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed this Murid, Khaja Abul Hassan Kharqani, Rahmatullah Ali. And he said, Go to him, he's a man of great, great status and very great, great maqam. So when he went there, traveled hundreds of miles from one side of the Sultanate to the other side. And he asked around and he said, where is the house of the great Shaykh Arif Billah, Hazrat Aqdas, Maulana Shah, Abul Hasan Kharqani, Damat Barakatum al Aliyah? They said, this is his house. He knocked on the door. A woman opened the door. He said, who are you? He said, I came to see Arif Billah, Hazrat Aqdas, Hazrat Mawlana Shah, Abul Hasan Kharqani, Damat Barakatum. He said, "Hazrat Mawlana, what? Who? There's no Hazrat Mawlana, Abu. whatever, what you're talking about, thingamajigger here. There's a low, low-down, good-for-nothing, lazy guy that spends his time—I don't know what he does all day. That guy is around here. His name is Abul Hassan, the father of my son Hassan. Yeah, he's not around here. You're wasting your time. Get out of here. She so slammed the door in his face. Oh man, this murid, he was devastated. I'm I'm to be he I i he went and the people saw this person. He's crying. He said, You know, you look like a Musafir. You're not from here. What's the matter? Why are you sad? You know, where you come from? He said, Well, you know, I just don't know. I'm so confused. You know, I saw you know this dream and Shaykh Abul Hassan Kharqani, Arif Billah, Hazrat Akhdas, Maulana Shah, you know, uh, Hazrat Abul Hassan Kharqani. And now I came and this lady said, Good for nothing, low down, you know, this, that, and the other. Said, the people started laughing. He said, Don't worry. That is the wife of that Sheikh Abdul Hassan kharqani That is his wife. And he has put up with her words, and he has put up with her sharp tongue for many, many years. And go, you will find him. Don't worry about her. She's just like that with everybody. You'll find Hazrat in the jungle. He collects firewood to sell that in the market and to you know, earn his daily bread. You will go and find him in the jungle. So, this Murid went, has it mentions, when this Murid went, he saw in the jungle that Maulana Abu Hassan, Arif Billah, came out of the jungle and he was on a lion. Literally, he was riding on the back of a lion and he had two snakes and he was whipping the lion with the two snakes. And when he came, the Murid was in shock. And he said, Oh my Shaykh, you are exactly as how I saw in the dream. And you are exactly how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had shown you to me. How is it that Allah ta'ala has given you this maqam? And how is it that Allah has given you that karamat? He said, What you had seen in the house, that is what has brought me to this karamat. By me tolerating the suffering of that woman, this lion has tolerated my suffering. Because I have tolerated her burden, this uh, lion is tolerating my burden. Allah has made this lion subservient to me because I became subservient to Allah Ta'ala's command and I fulfilled her hukuq. For the sake of Allah, I stayed with her. For the sake of Allah, I, 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 I tolerated her burdens and I tolerated her tongue. And Allah Ta'ala, whatever you see that Allah has given me from karamat, it is only because of, of what I have done and only because of what I have tolerated for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So brothers and sisters, let us not Consider this insignificant, that pain that you go through for fulfilling the rights of others. That pain that you go through, to joining the family ties. That pain that you go through for the sake of your mother and father. Awais uh, 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 al-Qarni. Who was Awais al-Qarni? The Prophet said, tabieen al-Qarni. The best of all of the Tabi'een is Awais al-Qarni. And who was he? He was the person that the Prophet sallallahu told Umar ibn Khattab, O oh Umar, go to Uweys al-Qarni and ask him, to for, ask, to, ask him to seek forgiveness for you because he is Mustajab dua His dua is readily accepted by Allah. And what was the maqam and why did Uais uh, 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 al-Qarni attain that maqam? Is that he had the opportunity to see the Messenger of Allah or make khidmat of his mother. He had the opportunity to see the Messenger of Allah or to serve his mom, who was sick and who was old. And he wrote the Messenger a letter and the Prophet replied to one of the Sahaba that to tell Awais al-Qarni that make khidmat of your mother, this is better for you and this is more superior than coming and seeing and visiting me. Making khidmat of your mother is more superior than seeing and meeting the Messenger of Allah. Making khidmat of your sick mother is more superior than being in the sohbat of the Messenger of Allah. Does that make sense? Who told? Who said this? Did some sufis write this? This is a hadith in Sahih Muslim. This is in Kitabul Manaqib of Sahih Muslim, the story of Awais comes there, that the Prophet, he stayed in the company of his mother and he served his mother, despite that the sohbat of the Prophet was there. And I don't think that there's anybody in this gathering who would know that the Messenger is alive, that he would take the first opportunity, whether it was land, sea or air, you would make yourself reach there to see one glance the Messenger of Allah, is that true or false? Anybody? that would have the opportunity to see the Messenger of Allah. I don't care who's there. I don't care if it's my mom. I don't care if it's my great-grandma. I want to see the Messenger of Allah. But this maqam that Allah Ta'ala had given, awais al-Qarni, this maqam of spirituality, where did it come from? Hmm? Did it not come from hukuk al-ibad? Or did it come from a lot of worship? Did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi say that awais al-Qarni has surpassed people because of his worship, because of his tahajjid, because of his zikr. He did not surpass them because of his zikr or his tahajjid, but he surpassed because of his huqquq al-ibad, because of fulfilling the rights of others, because of breaking his heart and his desire for the sake of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah give us this understanding. This is why we're reading this book. When we understand these hukuk, I'll read a little bit from here. So we mentioned last week regarding the hukuk of the animals, The rights of non Muslims, the rights of friends, the rights of uh, guests, the rights of weak and the orphans. Now we've reached your own rights. And your own self has a haqqah over you. Your nafs has a haqqah on you too. Before I begin, I wanted to mention something that Haji Imdadullah Muhajir Makki alayhi, said. He said that this body that Allah gave you, this is Allah's dihui machine. Dihui, yani, this is a, a, a bestowed machine that Allah has given you. It belongs to Allah. It's a rent-a-car. Rent-a-body. It's a rent-a-body. This Allah ta'ala has given you this body, you're renting it, it's temporary. It's temporary. Because when you're going to be reaching the, the 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 death, the ruh, the true self leaves this body, and the body goes back in the earth, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Where you came from, you go back there, and your ruh goes to where it belongs. Inna lillahi wa inna So from this we understand your body doesn't belong to you. Your body belongs to the earth. You understand that? Your body belongs to the earth. So Allah has given you this vehicle. Allah gave you this machine. Allah gave you this vehicle. It's an ibadat vehicle. It's a khidmat vehicle. It's a work vehicle. It's an amal vehicle. It's a vehicle of amal. And Allah gave you this body to do amal. And he said that if you don't take care of this body, then what's gonna happen? You're gonna get charged. If you put dents on the car, if you mess up the car, what happens? What's the rent car going to do? You're liable. You're liable for any damage that you do to that car. You can't spray paint all over it. You can't take out the seats and throw them out. You can't pull out the engine and sell it. That, now, a lot of things make sense, right? Why, why Muslims don't do uh, uh, organ donation? You understand now why you don't do organ donation? Why Muslims don't donate their organs to science when they die? Hafsah, are you listening? Why people don't donate their organs? Because this vehicle don't belong to you. Do you take a rent-a-car and then you go to the junkyard and you sell it? Huh? Do you do that? Kaseh Kada? I have to ask Masujan the details. Hida does anybody that's not something where you take a rental car, <laughs> The rental car is gonna say, What's happening, man? You're making business from my parts. Similarly, this body that Allah gave you, you don't just go donate the heart and donate the kidneys and donate the eyeballs. Imam Tahir, Hafidahullah, a good friend of mine, he told me that I went to a Salat al he said, the eyes were sewn shut and there was blood marks here. Cut here, the eyes were sewn shut and there was blood flowing out to here on the on the body. I said, what happened? He said, oh, he had donated his eyes and his uh, internal organs to science. Yeah. Who? Muslim. Oh, Zalim, that body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Allah. You don't go and donate your organs to science. It's haram. Blood donation is haram. Oh, I have nothing to do today, boss. I'm going to go give blood. <laughs> go give blood. <laughs> go to the blood bank. There's no buying, selling, tasarruf of any body parts, no blood, no nothing. Allah has made Banu Adam mukarram. This body doesn't belong to you. This is Allah's given machine. If you don't take care of this body, if you don't put oil, uh Hazreti Haji Imdadullah, Mahajir Makki, he said that you have to oil it. You have to take care of it. You have to feed it good food. You have to give it energy. Just like a car, you have to get an oil change. You have to take care of the body. So Hazrat Rahmatullah, he said that this body you have to take care of it just like you take care of a machine. You have to give it a tune-up, just so you get the machine get tuned up. You have to put proper gas and petrol in it, just like you put pro- proper gas and petrol inside a machine. You got to put proper oil in. It. You have to give oil change. You have to do all of those things. Spark plugs, right? <laughs> Spark plugs, <is> I'm going to change. He said, John, us? <laughs> no, no. If we loose bosh, to we loose bosh, we're going to send you there. i You have to see. Be sure, my then you can give them a a spark plug change so this is your body has a haq upon you you're not allowed to use this body or do with this body as you please sleep you only sleep when it is to sleep at the time of fajr is haram that sleep is not permissible for you Sleeping at that time, you're not allowed to sleep at that time. To eat pork, to strengthen yourself, that, that, putting that inside of you is not permissible. What you put in this body, it's regulated. It's regulated. Just like you have super unleaded, unleaded, you know, all these different types of, different types of oil, different type of gas, right, the manufacturer tells you what you put inside the car. Our manufacturer tells us what goes inside of this body. Only halal, only halal, halal and TAYIB. pure halal. So there are certain rights that your yourself has over you. ये हकों का to तो वो थे जो उसके हैं और बाजे जो इंसान खुद अपनी इख्तियार से अपनी जिम्मे जिम्मा कर <laughs> <laughs> so he says that there are certain hukuk that they are in your responsibility. They are binding upon you. And of those hukuq, there's three types of hukuk that goes to Allah regarding yourself. There's three hukuk regarding Allah ta'ala in relation to yourself. First type jiska sabab ta'at hai. ونزرها. The first haqq which has to do with the self and which has to do with your relationship with Allah is an act of worship, an act of ibadah, which is nazar, right? A vow. What is a vow? That, oh Allah, if you fulfill this need of mine, then I will do this, that, and the other. Oh Allah Ta'ala, if you fix this sickness of mine, I will give a thousand dollars in charity. Oh Allah Ta'ala, if you cure my daughter because she's sick from this sickness, then I will... You know, slaughter one sheep and I will give it to the poor people. For example, this is called Nadr. What is it called? Nadr. This is permissible. Nadr is per- permissible. Allah says in the Quran, You fooled bin in Nadr. They fulfill their nathers. They fulfill their vows. They fulfill their vows. That, O oh Allah, I make a vow. That if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. So If that act that you make nadr of is a ibada maqsuda, for example a nafil prayer. A nafil prayer is an ibadah maqsoodah. it's the objective itself. If you make nadr of an ibadah maqsuda, like a fast, or a prayer which that in itself is the objective, that is the ends, then it is wajib and far that you have to make that, that vow that you made. that O oh Allah. If you help me pass this test, then I will pray two rakats nothing. Now it's wajib for you. If that happens, if you pass that test, it is wajib for you to pray those two rakats. You guys understand that? What is this called? Nadir. This is Nadr. Fi ibadatim maqsuda. Or if it's a ibadat gayr maqsuda, then fulfilling that is. Right? Uh, something which is mustahab. For example, then I will walk to the masjid. I will walk to the masjid. That's an ibadah ghayr maqsoodah. Walking to the masjid is something where you're supposed to do in order to reach the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do an act of worship. The walking is not an act of worship. The walking is ghayr maqsood. The masjid and the ibadah is the maqsood. So to fulfill that is mustahab. Or if ho, to lagu hai. Then he says, "Oh Allah, if I pass this test, then I promise that I'm gonna eat a chocolate bar." Oh, bishak <laughs> great accomplishment. Now I'm gonna eat a chocolate bar. It's mubah. Then this is lagu. This is a useless uh, lagu type of uh, nazar. If <laughs> And if it's something which is a sin, that if I pass this test then I'm going to party and I'm going to go to Las Vegas, man, I'm just going to celebrate, man. I'm just going to go to Las Vegas and I'm going to celebrate if I pass this test. That's haram for you to fulfill this nazar. What is it? Haram. And if you say that if such and such thing happens, then I'm going to slaughter... This goat in the, in front of Holy Spirit Church, in front of Jesus Christ, uh, but I don't know why you would do that. But then this is shirk, right? Or another example that Muslims do this, unfortunately. That if Allah Taala uh, cures my sick person, then I'm going to slaughter right by the uh, mazar of Data Darbar in Punjab, Hazrat Data <laughs> Darbar. Right, Or at the mazar of you know, Hazrat Shah Abdul Qadir Jilani I'm going to go and I'm going to slaughter and I'm going to make qurbani for Hazrat Shah Abdul Qadir Jilani This is also shirk You can't make nazar except for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Qism <laughs> al The second type jiska sabab amr mubah mubahe The sub above of that is a is a mubah matter. Jaysay kafara yameen mubah aur Kazai ramazan musafir aur mariz ke liye ye haq wajib wajibul ul hai. There's another haq which you have to fulfill. The cause of it which was something which was mubah. Okay? The, I have to explain this. this a, these are some fiqhi matters. But they have to do with the haq that it's binding on you. This is a haq that you have to fulfill for yourself in your relationship with Allah. That's what it's saying. So the sabab of it is a amr mubah. What caused it, right, was that something haram. Such as kafara yamin, Right? You made a qasam that by Allah I'm not going to enter your house. By Allah I'm not going to enter your house. So this is something mubah. For you to not enter somebody's house, that's mubah. You could not enter somebody's house if you don't want to, right? So the subab of you making that qasam, and then you broke that qasam. You entered inside of the house. Entering of the house was not haram. But you took a qasam that you're not going to do it. So that Amr Mubah became the sabab and the reason why that permissible thing became a reason, right? Why you broke that uh, uh, Yameen, Kafara Yameen. And what is Kafara mean? Fasting three days. Qazai Ramadan? For example, you became sick in Ramadan. Now, outside of Ramadan, you have to fulfill that. What was the thing that caused it? something permissible. You were sick, you didn't have any choice over that. But now fulfilling that becomes a binding upon this body. For Qazai uh, Ramazan, for a sick person, or for a traveling person. These hukuq are wajib, they have to be fulfilled. Got it? The third type of right that you have to fulfill the cause of it which is a sin. What is that? jo bila uzr shari roza iftar karne se So Hazard mentions, he says another example which is a sin. For example, the kaffarat that comes about when you don't have a shari' uzr by breaking your fast without any excuse. Eating in the month of Ramadan where you started your fast and then you break your fast. Then you have to do a penalty of 60 days fast. That becomes binding on the body. That is a haq that you have to fulfill. And it became binding because you did a sin. What was the cause of that? It was a sin. What was the sin? Right? Breaking your fast. Ya qatli khata. Or killing somebody unjustly. You have to give, right, the blood money. Ya zihar. Or fasting also can, can fulfill that. yazihar right? Fait'amu asharati or sitina uh, miskina. Or 60 days, uh, a person who tells his wife, you are to me like the back of my mother. This is a type of atalaq that they used to give in jahiliyyah. It's not permissible and it's haram to say something like that. So the kafara of that, the, the sabab of that is something which is haram. Masiyat. But now it becomes binding upon you to fulfill that right. And it is also wajib al And there jin ka sabab hai. un ibad hai. Wo qism hai. And some hukuk which are ikhtiari. And they are relation to hukuk al-ibad. And they are also like the previous ones that we mentioned. Jiska sabab itaat ho, wada ka pura karna, ye zaruri hai. The first one, the cause of it, which the cause of it is to do an act of goodness. It's like promising somebody. So what caused that is you wanna you wanna you wanna be good and you wanna do good. You wanna do an act of ita'at. That was the sabab of you making a promise. And now you did not fulfill that promise to somebody, that becomes right, wajib to fulfill. It becomes wajib to fulfill your promises. The subab of that was Ita'at. Number two, Jiska suburb amre mubaho wo deen hai or jo misli deen, deen hai jo misli deen ke hai. Jis tara mabi ka taslim furok shoda cheese support karna mankuha ka apne nafs ko support karna or ko jaidad matluba de dena qimat ada karna meher ada karna. There are certain things that they become binding on you because of a mubah reason. They become binding upon you because of a permissible reason, right? Such as somebody borrowed money from you, now paying that person back. giving, you owe somebody money, you bought something, an item, and you haven't paid the person back, paying that money back. And it gives many other examples, such as giving the dowry and giving your employers their their money and anything which was a borrowed item, giving that back, anything that was being put in your trust, giving that back. All of these are wajib. All of these things to do is wajib. Qismi sewum. Jiska sabab masiyat ho. Kisi ko katl kar dena, Kisi ka maal Ya chura lena Ya khiyanat karna. The third type, which the sabab of it is s- sinful. Killing someone. Taking the wealth of someone. Snatching away or making ghasap of somebody's wealth doing any khyana to anybody, backbiting anybody, being harsh to somebody. And how you make up for these things is asking for forgiveness and it is farz in these situations to ask for forgiveness. It is farz. It is binding. It is obligatory for you to ask forgiveness in these. Warna dini and he says, otherwise in the akhirah, your dini ibadat will be taken away from you if you don't make up for it in this life. Ya saza jinni paregi. Or you will have to put up with punishment in the hellfire. Khatima. this is the end. This is Khatima, and we're going to be finishing the risala Short risala. We read all of the Hukuq, from beginning to end. This is the Khatima. This is the conclusion. Was that fast? These are Hakim al books. He writes you such a book, which is an ocean inside of one bowl. It's an ocean inside of a pot. And now this is the end of it. zimme ho, agar Allah <laughs> hai, Agar So agar ibadat se hai to Any rights that is in your responsibility. If they are the rights of Allah, then fulfill them. Masalan, To unko karke If you have not fulfilled any prayers that passed, you owe a debt to Allah. You have prayers that you did not do in your life. You have zakat that you have not fulfilled in your past and zakat was wajib upon you. So make up for that immediately. Take note of that, take note of it, and calculate how many prayers have you missed in your life that was binding on you. How many zakats have you missed that was binding on you. C- categorize that together and put it together and fulfill that because that is the right of Allah. Or basura Adam gunjayish and if you don't have time or you don't have wealth, then at least make the intention that when I get time and I get wealth, I will fulfill it. And when you have the financial ability or you have the time, then do not be deficient in fulfilling that right. Are you listening? And if you have not fulfilled the rights of Allah, and you have wronged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have wronged yourself by committing sins against Allah, then how do you make up for that? Making tawbah and istighfar. Inshallah, all of it will be forgiven by Allah. And if it is the law of the which is the law of the faithful, or And if those rights, they remain in your responsibility, and they are the rights of somebody else. Shafiullah, what are you doing? Come sit in majlis and listen. No khidmat during majlis time, right here. Come sit right next to me over here. Make way for Hafasab here, my Ustadji. So we were talking about, Ustaji, we we're talking about the rights of Allah. If any rights of Allah you didn't fulfill, then you should quickly take note of that, such as you did not fulfill zakat, you did not give... So He's becoming a Molwi. He's gonna. his Ji right now, he's going to become Molwi Ji. Mashallah. Why are you giving him nazar? <laughs> so... The rights of Allah, if anyway there's any uh, deficiency, you take note of that. Any prayers that you did not fulfill, any years of zakat that you did not give quickly, fulfill that. If it is the rights of human beings, then you immediately fulfill their rights back to them. Give their wealth back, pay their debts back. Pay their money and the amanat that you have of them immediately back. Or ask them for forgiveness. Say, I'm sorry, can you please forgive me for that money that I've had on you? That money that I owe you, can you please forgive me? So either give it back or ask him forgiveness. And if he says, I forgive you, you don't have to pay me back, that is acceptable. (laughs) Masalan, qarz ya khianat wa ghayra. Or jo sirf maaf karaleke kabil ho, unko fakat maaf and if there are certain things that it requires just forgiveness, right? Then just ask for forgiveness. Masalan or like somebody made ghibat of you, and the person found find found out about it. He said, "No, I'm not going to forgive you until you give me a hundred bucks." Now he's he's banking in on the opportunity. So how's it to clarify that? That which is something. Then you, it can only be done through forgiveness. Don't try to make money off of that. Emotional stress. up what? Right. You make ghibat of me? You cause me immense amount of emotional stress? I want a thousand dollars for every hour of emotional stress. So Hazrat says there's no such thing. That which is that type of thing like ghibat, then you only do what? For, for, forgive it. There's no monetary... There's no monetary for that. agar kisi <clears> na to <throat> What if a person passes away? You can't find that person that you stole his money. You can't ask forgiveness from that person that you stole uh, stole his money and you wronged him. Then what do you do? Then your entire life you should make a for that person. Your entire life you should give some charity for that person. Every week, if put like five dollars inside the charity box in the name of that person. You know, I heard him one time, I don't know where he is, I wronged him, and I feel ashamed of myself, I can't find him, I don't know where he is. Or the person passed away, here's $5 in the charity box in the name of that person. Ya Allah, give the reward of this sadaqah to that person. If you're in Makkah, Mukarramah, Ya Allah, I make one, one, seven, one, one, uh, one, uh, one unit of tawaf, which is seven, one unit is seven of tawaf. For this person, oh Allah Ta'ala, you give the reward of that to him. And it is not difficult for Allah that on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will make the people happy and they will not be angry with you, inshaAllah. And if you have the ability to go to that person and he's still alive, then you must not hold yourself back and ask forgiveness from that person. Or Ho. Ho Banarmi Unse Kare. And if there's other people that owe you, and other people that have asked to fulfil your rights, then with kindness and with, with with gentleness and compassion you can ask your rights from others. Ask them, brother, you know, I'm really in a situation and I feel really bad to ask you for that money that you owe me, but I'm in a situation that I really need my money. I'm in a tight situation and I, I can't do without that. You know, not with, you know, a disgraceful uh, uh, email or a disgraceful text message. You better man up! <laughs> <laughs> or much of other types of gangster Or jin se umeed na ho ya wo qabil-e-wusool na ho jaise so agar che qayamat unke awaz hasanat milne ka tawqqu hai magar maaf kar dene mein zyada fazilat warid hui as it as for the person that has made ghibat of you and as for the person that has wronged you and that person he's not coming to ask for forgiveness you know that you can get his hasanat on the Day of Judgment. But it is more virtuous that you forgive, forgive him in this life. It is more virtuous that you know this person has made ghibah to you or wronged you. You will get his hasanat on the Day of Judgment. That's for sure. But it is better for you to just forgive him in this life. it's why we forgive ourselves. And to forgive completely is completely better. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to make aman upon this very beautiful and very short and concise book. May Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq to fulfill all of these rights. O oh Allah Ta'ala, allow us to fulfill the rights of you and O oh Allah, allow us to fulfill the rights of your slaves. O oh Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, do not deprive us in this life nor on the day of judgment, ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah Ta'ala, give us the strength and the tawfiq, Ya Alameen. O oh Allah Ta'ala, give us the awareness and open up our hearts and our minds, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah Ta'ala, save us from insensitivity toward the rights of others. Ya Rabbil Alameen, save us from the insensitivity towards the rights of others. O oh Allah Ta'ala, bless us with the prophetic character. O oh Allah Ta'ala, bless us with prophetic character. O oh Allah Ta'ala, bless us with prophetic character. O oh Allah, oh Allah Ta'ala, save us from the character of the munafiqeen. O oh Allah Ta'ala, save us from the character of the munafiqeen. O Allah Ta'ala, let us fear you in the rights of others. O Allah Ta'ala, let us fear you in the rights of others just like we fear the fire, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O Allah Ta'ala, when we do not want to fulfill the rights of others, remind us of the Day of Judgment when our hasanat will be taken away from us, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O Allah Ta'ala, let us tremble when it comes to the rights of our parents. Let us tremble when it comes to the rights of our siblings and our relatives and, and our neighbors and our fellow creation, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka das samiwal وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه